Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow in Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. We thank you guys for joining us today on a beautiful Monday. Except for I did, it's snowing in parts of the country. Yeah, and it's super cold here. It's ridiculous. We're in the middle of April. Mm-hmm. Get it together. Tax Mother day. Nature. It is tax day. Today Son is. of a... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody knew that because usually it's April 15th, but today is April yeah. 18th. Yeah. On Monday. Friday being Good Friday, we're mm-hmm. like, Psh, don't worry about it. We'll make it Monday for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No worries, though. I'm sure. No, nah, if you didn't get it done, just file an extension. You got till October. You're good. Uh-huh. As long as you get that extension filed on time. Is there an expiration date for that, too? Yeah. Is that today? today? Yeah. <laughs> Would you look at that? Just so you know, because you have some things to do after the show. Is it approved the same day? Yeah. Look at that. I wouldn't put it off any longer, though. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need those people knocking on our door. No, God. Mm-mm. <laughs> I just people... imagine they're just, I don't know, like the good mafia. I don't even know if there's a good mafia. I just feel like they're just like, yo. Where's our fucking money at? And it's like, you know, the way my bank account's set up. The good mafia. Yeah, it sounded better in my head. And then once <laughs> I said it out loud, it really just made zero sense. This week's off to a hell of a start. Yeah, we're <laughs> all of like three minutes into the show. And you're already like, oh, the good mafia. You know, like the nice crackhead dealers. They're like, hey, guys, you want some crack? Like, it's cool. Yeah, we run the country, so like, you can trust us. <laughs> uh, we're, we are going to talk sports today with some basketball talk. Uh, a little bit of football news. We have some NBA awards. They announced the the candidates for those things. And we're also going to play Matchmaker Monday, Big Country. And I'm coming off of a delightful little trip to Kansas City, though. Yes, sir. It was nice. I had a lot of fun. It was so nice to be back in a Major League Baseball stadium. It really was. Once We were sitting there watching the game, and uh, I kind of had a moment where I was like, man, I feel like it's been a minute since I just got to like kind of just sit down and enjoy a game. It was nice. Yeah, like a year. You get, in there, you get in there on time. You're at your seat. No one's bothering you. You got a beer. Got some nachos. Like, <laughs> this is the line. I'll tell you, I forgot to try the uh, brisket sandwich that they have there with the Reese's, though. Oh, son of a buck. Me, too. I will also say, by the time that game ended, I was feeling the beer. <laughs> it was lightweight. It was hitting the spot. I was feeling pretty good. Yeah, Waited in hit. the parking lot a little bit, and yeah. hit the road home, and it was good. My uh, my daughter got pretty drunk, too. Yeah, she crazy. just can't. She can't handle it. That's well, I mean, yeah, being nine, it's kind of hard to you know figure out where you're at in terms yeah. of like how much can I drink, how much can I drink. Just my dad's here, so like that's weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some really good basketball happened this weekend too. Looking at some of the playoff games. They weren't super exciting until the Nets and the Celtics game. Let's just be honest. A lot of them were in hand, so I didn't pay attention to a lot of them. But this Nets-Celtics game was a really good game. Comes down to a last-minute layup by Jason Tatum. 
the real story, though, that everybody's talking about is Kyrie Irving against the Boston Celtics fans. It's not like no one's even talking about Jason Tatum this morning. So we will here in a little bit, but we're going to do what everybody else is doing and talk about the fact that Kyrie Irving flipping off the fans countless times, numerous times. This man just went double barrel birds on the court. I even after the game, someone's like, Kyrie, you suck ass or something. He's like, S my D post game interview, just yeah. dropping numerous cuss words. And it's like, this guy just doesn't want to make any money this year. The he already NBA, missed pretty much the whole season due to right. COVID. Just find Pat Protocols. Beverly for like $50,000 for his post-game press conference antics. Mm-hmm. Kyrie about to see six digits. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's like $250,000. He I think flipped it might off be the more fans than that. multiple times. And then, like you said, in the press conference afterwards um, – he said the P word. He said the B word. He said the F word. Yeah. We don't say those words on mic'd up or I would tell him, but yeah. you know, you can let your imagination do the rest of it. I, he's going to get hit with a lot of money. Oh, it's got to be more than 250,000, right? It might be 250,000 per flip off and cuss word per finger. Yeah. <laughs> like if you put two fingers up, is that, is that one flip off or is that two? Oh, that's actually a really good question. Hey, how much are we finding him for that one? Yeah. I know I, I he did the stupid like behind the head like oh, I'm flipping you off thing. Did you think the cameras weren't going to see it? <laughs> it's Are you like sitting? a little kid just like <laughs> right. to their parents like oh, I'm going to scratch back of my head. F you, ma. Yeah. <laughs> or to your siblings like me and my brother used to do that <laughs> all the time though. I'm just scratching my nose, but really <laughs> I'm flipping you off so mom doesn't see. <laughs> I don't I don't know what he was thinking. At that point you might as well just flip him off. And that's what he did later in the game. Or I don't. I'm not sure actually the sequence of it, but he hits a three, a big three, and then at first I thought he just put up the three. You know, like a lot of players do. You got the index finger on the thumb and you're holding up the three. No, sir. Pinky and ring finger down two. Whereas tall man, nice and tall. Kyrie just flipping off the fans, and like I get it. If it's almost like if it's a playful thing, I'm about it actually. Mm-hmm. But when did players start to get so soft? Well, I think, I think the fans have just become more relentless. Maybe, like, and I don't want to just sit here and be like, "Oh, you know, like players are still so tough." Like, yeah, they're definitely more emotional than they used to be. But at the same time, like, I don't think fans stop because every every fan wants that reaction. They want it yeah. on their story, their Snapchat. You know, they want it on video. They'd be like, "Yo, I was the person yelled at him and got the response of like f off or right. like." He's the one that gave me the double birds. I was sitting right behind him. Look at it. You can see me. There I am. There's my phone. Here's my angle of it. People are going to eat that up. Celtics fans are known for being relentless. Yeah, they're called mass holes for a reason. Yeah. So maybe that is a little bit of it. But at the same time, I just – this isn't the first time a fan has yelled at a player. Oh, no. You know? Or like going – Utah is really bad too. Like everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. Like Utah is pretty relentless. Well, let's just be honest. Those two areas are known for being racist. Like, their fans are known for being racist and making racist remarks. Boston, very bad as well. So if that's it, let Kyrie flip people off and don't find him. Yep. Like, that's let him go. Let's hear the audio. But saying stuff like, oh, Kyrie's a bitch, go back to the bench or whatever like that, you can't flip off a fan for that. It's stupid. I get it. Fans shouldn't do it. But at the same time, like going back to the, the Baker Mayfield disrespect comments that we talked about last week, 
did you not expect this? <laughs> Have you not seen professional sports before? You're not going to be loved all the <laughs> not time. Not by everyone. <laughs> and especially when you go to Boston and you say, like, I love it here. I'm going to be here for forever. And then you dip out on them. Even, yeah. Like at your first opportunity. Like, <laughs> right. see ya. Fans a little pissed off about that. So I get it. But I, I don't know. I don't know the full story either. But I will say it does feel like athletes are getting a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Where even like with Russell Westbrook, now some of the stuff he's put up with. I think he threatened to like slap a woman like Westbrook two years did? ago before he was a Laker. I didn't know it was a woman. I do remember him. I think there was a guy in Utah who was just like. Yeah, wood. didn't he say like I'll come over there and slap the shit out of both of you or something like that? Oh, yep. Yeah. You and your. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, why are players getting so soft now? Now, again, if you say some racist stuff, I'm kind of about you flipping them off or maybe saying, yeah, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. I'm going to go full Will Smith on you. Uh, but at some point, like, even, um, what was his name? The guy for the Hornets that got kicked out of the game or fouled out or whatever. He's walking back to the locker room and he throws his mouthpiece and accidentally hit, like, a teenage girl. Like, that's not the biggest deal in the world. But at the same time, like... <laughs> You're getting so upset over a fan yelling some shit at you that you throw a mouthpiece. Like, come on. Do better. Yeah. I do like the like the Reggie Miller stuff. And even if it was to just a regular fan, obviously he kept doing it to Spike Lee. That's a little bit different. I think you should be able to do whatever you want to Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, he knows his role. He knows what to expect when he walks into Madison Square Garden. He is the villain there. So if Trey Young wants to flip him off, do it. I don't care. It's also kind of an overrated. I let my daughter split people off i don't care it's whatever yeah i was a recipient of one of those it was hilarious i look over my shoulder like because you said yeah we're in the section next to you and so just looking around i like i just happen to look and i'm making direct eye contact with you and you're just giving me this dirty glare and i'm like okay this is funny uh and then i look over and your daughter's just flipping me off like i hear you guys whisper something and she looks over at me and gives me this smirk Little bitty middle finger comes up, and then I see you go. No, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now we're done. Yeah. One time is funny. Twice you're getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God they listen well because she had no hesitation about flipping oh, you off. Like, Let's go in front of about ten thousand people at Coffin Stadium. Yeah. Andrew Benatendi's like, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that seven year old just flip off that grown man? Yeah, it happened. So I obviously, I'm okay with the flip off. If yeah. if it's playful, like I like fans interacting with players and players interacting, as long as it doesn't cross that line. Like it should be kind of some playful shit talk. I think it makes the games more exciting. And with Kyrie Irving, who knows? It's still early Monday morning. We'll find out probably more from the league and Kyrie Irving and what actually happened later. But it was also a fantastic basketball game. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tatum and the Celtics... Like I said, to start the show, nobody's talking about them this morning. Boy, should they. Because even in that final possession, when Kyrie's dribbling the ball up the court, you can tell, I think who was like Al Horford's like, yeah, he's not passing that ball. We're going to double team him. And he did. And he didn't even think about passing the ball to anybody except for Kevin Durant. Yep. Had wide open looks for a couple other teammates and said, nah, I'm good. Kyrie and Aula Horford played in Boston together yep. for a little bit, right? I think so. Yeah, so he's just like, I know he's not about to pass to the big guy. I've been on the mm-hmm. opposite end of this. He's going to keep this ball. He's going to drill across the middle of the court. Yeah. We'll be fine. We've watched the film. We know this guy. And he's then not even passing. 
for him to get the ball off to Kevin Durant and then Jason Tatum's defense on Kevin Durant, phenomenal. I know. Like, it was a great defensive possession. And I mm-hmm. think J.J. Redick had a great clip come out. I think it was last week or the week before uh, from a podcast. I don't know if it was his own or one that he was guest appearing. But bottom line, he says, you know, it's not that NBA players don't play defense. He says, we try. It's just fucking hard. He said, the court's bigger, and there's so much space, right. and these guys are good. He's like, it's hard to play defense. And once he said that, I was like, you know, I never thought of it that way. I never put into account like how much bigger the actual court is with these guys and how much space is there between all of them. It makes so much sense on why it's hard to play defense. Now, I still think some guys are just kind of lackadaisical or a little lazy with it. Yeah, that, they're not quite but putting like, the effort that on That possession defense. right there was like, okay, that was awesome. One of my favorite things in the offseason is still to look at players that like put out their videos. Like, oh, I'm working out in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's not on defense. Yeah, Nobody's <laughs> putting out videos of like, hey, look at me. Uh, I just shut this scrub down and working on my defense. No, it is always look at this guy shooting, like yep. that, which is cool. You got to do that part too. Made 50 shots in a row. That's sick. But I, I, I need I need more people playing defense. And that's why I did want to talk about Jason Tatum today because he did. He shut down Kevin Durant in that last possession. And, I mean, for a superstar to guard another superstar like that and play very good defense, I think it needs highlighted. It's just not something that you see a lot anymore, especially in the NBA. Usually your top defensive guys are – not scorers as well. Yeah. But for Jason Tatum to, to lock up Kevin Durant like that, what are the best scorers in in the NBA, in the world? Oh, 100%. Now, Especially those type of shots and moments, too, like Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Sniper. Yeah. And even with Kyrie dribbling the ball around, you knew he wasn't going to pass it to anybody that wasn't Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So for Jason Tatum to stay on him and then to force a not a bad shot, but to alter that shot, Kevin Durant misses – and then they bring the ball back up to court. Celtics look scary. I, I kind of find myself rooting for him after yesterday. I do too, to be the, honest. With the you. ball movement in that final possession to be able to play a good team defense, it felt like that's a team that could win the championship. I know it's one game, it's at home. You should have won it, but they did. I mean, they won the game uh, like they're supposed to. I was impressed. I, and I thought this was still a young team working in a new coach, even. So I was impressed by the Celtics. And what they were able to do yesterday. And with the Nets, I guess you just have to wonder, like, when is Ben Simmons coming back? Because if he comes back in this series, and if he can play, I mean, you don't even need him to score. You just need him to play defense and rebound. Yeah. If he can do that, I don't even care if the Nets play team ball. They just might be too good. They might just win the entire series. Like, if Ben Simmons comes back next game for game two, mm-hmm. the Nets might win this series 4-1. And I mean, it, it very much is a possibility. I do find myself, like you said, rooting for Boston as well. The only thing I worry about is just how close of a game this was the entire time, and it still came down to like a last possession layup by the Celtics. And it kind of got was a crazy play. I don't know if you actually got to see the the last play of it, but it's just it's one of those situations where everything kind of went the Celtics' way, and Jason Tatum was able to just kind of get a back cut and was boom there for it, like after. A quick span, like it wasn't. It didn't seem like one of those deals where it was an easy shot. And of course, you're never going to get one of those at the end of a game. But it's going to be tough for Boston to kind of hang with that, especially because the Nets were a missed shot away from it. Like usually, Kevin Durant hits that shot. If he does hit that shot, you come down. You know what I mean? You're going to need a three yourself. 
Right. Yeah. It is going to be interesting, though. I mean, the NBA playoffs is just – it's so much fun to watch. I love it. And if Ben Simmons does come back for the Nets, I'll be honest. I'm going to be very annoyed by it. You sat <laughs> out. You sat out all season, and you come into the playoffs. You didn't play a single regular season game this year. Yeah, I've just been. And I've been talking you. about you since last summer. Uh-huh. Well, since last, yeah, summer, spring-ish. Yeah. Where, um, like, man, homie can't shoot. Don't I let him am, Yep, I am annoyed with Ben Simmons. Uh, a couple other games that happened over the weekend uh, on Sunday. The Heat win game one. Guess yes, what? Sir. They're the home team. Uh, Celtics won. They're the home team. The Milwaukee Bucks won. They're the home team. And the Phoenix Suns won. They are the home team. And this is a part of the playoffs that I love. You have to take care of business at home. And that's why I even say, like, with the Celtics, like, man, it's cool you won. You only won by one at home mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That's tough. And now they do have home court advantage. Um, so if the Nets are going to have to steal one in Boston. But all four of those games kind of go, I think, the way that they should have. I, I wasn't surprised by any of them. Uh, tonight, we're going to get the Raptors at 76ers. You get the Jazz at Mavericks and then Nuggets at Warriors. Uh, Luca questionable for this game as of this morning. I don't. I don't think he's going to play. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to overcome when you don't have your superstar yep. like that one. But you can get those games tonight. Um, also, the NBA released their candidates for um, their awards. The MVP candidates. I think this one's interesting. The MVP candidates. Three of them. You get Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Not one American-born player. <laughs> uh, I never even looked at it that way. Wow, yeah. Which goes to show, I, I guess maybe it stands out to me because I remember the Olympics and like the Dream Team, and they're like, man, we are going to make this a global sport. We are going to grow the game of basketball. And boy, did they. Yeah. Like I've been hearing my whole life that soccer is eventually going to take off in the United States, and it's going to be like a huge deal. It never has. But with basketball... Boy, did they grow this game internationally. Yep. And there's a, a little span there where you're taking these international players pretty high in the draft, and they weren't panning out. But now I, I think we're going back to it to where you see these international players. They're starting to dominate the game. Yeah, I mean, Luca, another great example. Yeah, three of the MVP candidates right here, foreign-born players. And uh, Giannis goes off, was that yesterday? I still mm-hmm. think that he's probably the best player in basketball right now. Do you think he's MVP this year, though? I don't know. It's going to be so hard for him to win MVP just because he's already done it. Was it two in a row? Yeah. Well, Did... last year was Jokic, but. Yeah. So maybe this year they'll give it back. Wait. Was it Jokic? Or was Jokic the year before? I should know this. <laughs> yeah, you should know this. I don't. I don't remember. I think it's going to be Embiid this year, though. Yeah, I, I think they're going to let him have it. Big guy getting it again. Yeah, and I'm on board with that too. Uh, he played exceptionally well this year. He keeps developing the way that he is. I mean, he's a dominant big man. Even guys like Giannis and Jokic, like if they match up with Embiid, Embiid's going to give them one hell of a, a night. They're, you're going to walk away sore from that one. And I like watching him play. I know he's a KU guy, and I, I actually I kind of hated him. At KU, I hated like the whole trust the process thing. Yep. I thought he was going to be shit in the NBA just because of the injuries, and he's not. So there I am admitting once again that I'm wrong. Like I like watching Embiid play. I don't like James Harden, so it would, it's hard for me to root for 
the 76ers, but I like Embiid. And I would be okay any of these three guys winning the MVP. Yep. Just yeah. clarify my MVP questions. Giannis won it in 19 and 20, and then Jokic didn't win it last year. That's what I thought, yep. too. So maybe Giannis can get back up there again. I do think that there are going to be people that vote for him because they think he's the best player in the NBA. So maybe even if his numbers don't compare versus those other two, he might just still win it regardless. Um, there's been just been so much talk about Embiid all year. Most improved player, John Morant, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray, uh, rookie of the year, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, sixth man, Tyler Hero, Cam Johnson, and Kevin Love. Weird to see his name up there. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year, Mikel Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. One thing I do want to point out to that one, I'm so happy it's not just a bunch of big men anymore. Yeah, no you joke. Finally, like, they're getting some guards in there. Uh, coach of the year, Monty Williams, Eric Spolstra, Taylor Jenkins. But with that big uh, defensive player of the year, I've, I've gone on rants before. I think we were doing radio, and it's like, why are you giving these guys defensive player of the year honors? All they do is block shots. They can't actually guard anyone. But because you get two and a half blocks a game, everybody says, like, oh, he's a great defender. Actually, he's a shit defender. He's just tall. <laughs> Looking at you, Anthony Davis, that was my big rant. It's like, this guy is not actually good at defense. He just blocks shots. But because he has that number under the block category, everybody thinks, oh, Anthony Davis, lockdown defender. Not so much. Now he's not even on the court. But I like guys like Marcus Smart and Mikel Bridges uh, being in there. And Rudy Gobert, a big guy, blocks a lot of shots. He is a good defender. The defensive yeah. rebounds are there, too. I think it should be Marcus Smart that wins that award, though. I'm kind of surprised. I don't want to say, like, it's been a long time, but, like, he's always been, like, one of the best defenders in the league, though. Always. Like, even Since coming in from Oklahoma State, yes. It was just, like, it's always mm-hmm. been just that defensive presence. He's going to lock somebody down. He's going to get in their ear. He's going to disrupt what they want to do offensively. Now it's like, all right, cool. Here we go. Uh, How old do you think Marcus Smart is? 29. I thought he was much older. He's 28, almost 29. Yeah, he came in super I thought young. he was my age. I thought he was like 34. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember him being pretty young when he came in. That's the crazy thing about football what year versus was basketball. He drafted? I feel like I remember. I just remember watching the NBA draft for some reason. 2014. That was my senior year of high school. It was uh, when he was drafted into the NBA. That was the year with, like, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, yes. Joel Embiid. Because Andrew Wiggins was the next Kobe Bryant. And Kobe yeah, the Bryant's Canadian Kobe. Points, <laughs> yeah, Kobe Bryant's first points in the NBA were a free throw, and Andrew Wiggins' first points in the NBA was a free throw. I watched this first game, and I was like, oh, my freaking God, I'm watching history. Fucking false. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> big time, <laughs> false. Uh, but I am, I'm a supporter of Marcus Smart. He was the number six overall draft pick mm-hmm. in that draft, right in front of your guy, Julius Randle. Yes, sir. I was going to say that if you didn't. <laughs> also, let's not forget Doug McDermott. That guy got a big name for himself right there with Creighton in the uh, tournament that year. I remember him. And then disappeared completely. Yeah. It's all right, though. You made it. You got drafted. Yeah, I, I think he this, might still be I, in the NBA. I do remember this draft so much because um, the Heat were dealing with the fact that LeBron might leave again. So they wanted <laughs> to take his favorite player, uh, Shabazz Napier, at a UConn. And LeBron left anyways. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I think uh, he even had some comments of like, man, all that talk, and then he just bounced. Yeah. Anyway. Pat Riley's like, you motherfucker, I would have drafted someone to try and replace you, not your favorite player to like <laughs> help compensate your game with Dwayne Wade getting older and us moving Typical on from LeBron. and stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> bold and early every day i wait i just i wake up and i think this is going to be the day that lebron says i'm leaving the lakers like i'm taking my talents somewhere else like literally i've been thinking it for a week now that he's just going to do that they didn't happen again today but uh we'll see what happens tomorrow maybe on taco tuesday lebron says i'm going to san antonio to play with greg popovich for Last one more year, year. yeah I bet the tacos in San Antonio are good, too. I'll tell you what else is good. That's Roper Kia. Go check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it. Mention us here at Mike Up. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Also, a much better buying experience than your typical car dealerships. I absolutely despise going and talking to any other car dealerships outside of Roper Kia. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm interested, that's the only place I go. I haven't bought a car outside of Roper Kia in probably 10 years or so. I literally never have. Every car that I have driven has come off the lot at Roper Kia. Yeah. I give you my word. Since I was 15 years old, every vehicle has mm-hmm. come from Roper Kia. I'm telling you, even one time I found a truck on Craigslist. I was like, hey, I like this truck. No problem. They went out and bought it for me so I could trade my car in for that truck. So definitely check them out if I can talk uh, and mention us at Mike'd Up. Again, save $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out. So you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it is not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with Gunspot.com. I know we talked on Friday about you leaning into it. That's the biggest niff I've ever had. I actually really realized I had to stop because I was like, I just niffed the niff out of that. <laughs> you did. You didn't even try to hide it like that. Just a matter of niff. <laughs> it's like you paused for a second so you could stress niff. It's not a matter of... <laughs> Niff. <laughs> I think you leaned into the mic to say it. We also have some football talk for you guys today. Uh, the Baker Mayfield thing, he had his little interview last week. That, well, it came out last week, and everybody yeah, was talking about it. the podcast interview. Uh, now it's starting to feel like he might actually be a Carolina Panther. They are the favorite. I'll tell you, I've seen the reports. I've talked to the people. I still don't know if I believe it. Yeah, I think all these teams are just waiting for him to get cut, and then maybe there will be some news, or maybe by draft time. This could also be the Panthers saying, like, no, we're not interested in these quarterbacks in the draft. What are you talking about? We love Baker Mayfield. Boom, draft your quarterback at six. (laughs) That's how I think this thing's going to play out. So even even if the Browns do release him, they still have to pay the $18 million. Like, so they're paying a salary no matter what, unless right. there's a trade. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for the Browns. They, they've really put themselves behind the eight ball here. Um, obviously, they feel like they're in a better situation with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Yes. And obviously, on the field, there's no question who the better quarterback is. But it is, it's weird. I, I think that if they could go back in time, they probably would have handled this differently so they could get away from Baker Mayfield. But uh, they can't. And now they're stuck with him. 
and you know the Browns offseason starts on Tuesday. I do wonder, and I've seen this tweeted too. I wonder if he'll report. Like two of the two things could happen. He's either going to report. He's going to be a huge distraction, and the team's just going to be like, "Fuck this, we're done. Get him out of here. Trade him, cut him, whatever." Yeah. Or he's not going to report, and the team's just going to be like. I guess we'll just kind of keep holding on to him for a bit. I almost think that if I were advising Baker Mayfield, show up. Show up and barely do anything. Go be a distraction. <laughs> yeah, get yourself what out of there. What if you go in there and it's like, oh, my God, Baker looks good. <laughs> right? He's it's like, did we mess up? <laughs> right this other quarterback might not even play for us <laughs> yeah. i'd be trying to do joint interviews with deshaun watson if i were baker mayfield like i'm in the background like stepbrothers hello miss lady it's me <laughs> yeah. as well i'm here hey, i think i could really help on this pan pan situation here <laughs> <laughs> right i think i could help on this quarterback quarterbacks situation uh, get me the fuck out of here because i don't want to be here but here i am talking to this microphone but it it will be interesting to see i doubt he shows up for the off-season workouts most i feel like most players probably don't and i tweeted it out this morning and i'm still not really sure why this is a thing why is everybody so concerned with debo samuel aj brown and terry mclaurin not reporting off-season workouts like who gives a shit I, yeah, I don't really see the. I feel like there's just no other storylines going on right now. Like, I feel like with the draft honestly being like oh, almost a week away, right? There's like no major like storylines going about, and I feel like mm-hmm. within the last couple of years, it's okay. Hey, there's just numerous talk and discussions about what's going on, and it just doesn't feel like it this year. I feel that way too. Like, it's like I don't know if I'm just not. I don't know if I'm just not consuming the content like I used to be or if we're just not doing as much with it, like involved with it. But at the same time, we are. Like, we haven't changed anything that we're doing. Right. But, like, the hype that's there, it's like, I guess it's just, we'll see. Yeah. Even, like, (laughs) peek behind the curtain. We watch, we're watching ESPN right now. Sports Center is on. Yeah. While we do this. And they are talking about the draft, but it's still not just. It's not on my radar as much. Is it because there's not any like franchise changing players? Like yeah, there will be. be there will be players through this draft, but it's mm-hmm. not like the key guys. It's not there's like Trevor not a, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yes, right. Because even with Aiden Hutchinson, we talked a little bit about him last week. I think he's really good. He's not like this marquee can't miss pass rusher. Yeah, he's uh, the safest pick you can take, <laughs> and it's going right. to be a foundation piece, and it's going to be consistent. Yeah, cool. Um, so maybe that is it. I, you know what? I'll tell you what it is. It, there's no drama with the quarterbacks. Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about how these quarterbacks aren't good, and that's probably why we're like, eh, who, who really cares about the draft? Like, oh, you might take Malik Willis or you might take Kenny Pickett. They both might suck really bad. The one person's like draft content that I love around this year for quarterbacks is like Chris Sims. I've not heard a zip it out of that because he's usually – very, I mean, he every. I've been listening to him for probably five, six years um, when he was at Bleach Reports, you guys. And it was one of those situations where, like, he would have a different opinion on quarterback. People were like, ah, no, yeah. I don't know. And he would be right. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I am taking his, like, he was a, word for quarterbacks. It's like, boom, Chris Simmons knows exactly what he's talking about. I know he puts on the time and the work. He was a it. big Justin Herbert yes. supporter. Massive. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. On. Yep. I might have done some of the shitting. <laughs> I don't remember. I wasn't a huge Justin Herbert guy. Yeah. I thought he was like a mid-first round, late-first round type guy. Mm-hmm. Like the debate was Justin Herbert versus Jordan Love. 
Yeah. I can remember Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay having that debate. And but here comes, you know, Chris Sims, like you said, who was like, no, Justin Herbert is very good. Might have had him QB two even in that class. Or mm-hmm. maybe QB one. I don't remember. But he was very high on yeah. Justin Herbert. And he does he has some takes that aren't very mainstream. He's not going with what everybody else says. And I do love that about him. And I've poked fun at his rankings before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a big Lamar Jackson fan. Yeah. I thought Lamar Jackson could be very good. I think he also liked Josh Allen. And I was like, like ha-ha, Lamar Jackson like suck. He liked Patrick Mahomes, too, quite a bit. Because he was who I was <laughs> listening to, like, the watching the, draft, the live draft show. He was like, no, I think the Chiefs nailed this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. Everybody, like, not just with Chris Sims, but I've seen it a lot with him every year. People will do the whole, he's just doing this for clicks. Uh, I can tell you he's not. He's definitely not. He does <laughs> he not does give a not. shit. He's probably never looked at a sheet of data with the click numbers on it. He's just putting shit out that like he actually believes that. Yep. And the crazy thing is, so many people will shit on him throughout the draft pre- draft process. They don't come back and be like, "Oh, actually, Sims was right." Mm-hmm. But it's every year you'll see some of these guys that think they know the draft. They're like, "Oh, look at this clown once again putting out shit for clicks." Ooh, look at Daddy's boy. The only reason he's at NBC because Dow works for CBS. There might yeah. be a little bit of truth to that, but <laughs> right. Only hey, reason why we know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he does. I ha- and I haven't seen his stuff either. I guess with like a week and a half left until the NFL draft, maybe you'll start to see. More of that, I think they usually save the quarterbacks. Or, you know, another thing, not to make this just all Chris Sims, I looked at some of his draft stuff, or what was it, a couple years ago, maybe like 2014, he said Blake Bortles was like the 72nd best quarterback (laughs) in the NFL. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, that's stupid. And then he made a list of, like, these are all the quarterbacks that I think are better. And I still just roasted him. Not on a podcast or anything like that, but in public. You asked me about it. I'd tell you how fucking stupid it was. <laughs> I think he was right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was He, he was uh, probably right. I remember when I – because I was listening to – I'll just be completely frank. I was listening to Stick and Foot – Stick and Stick and Football. Stick and Football. <laughs> stick, and fo- stick to Football <laughs> and uh, what was their, the, the Sims Lefko? Sims and Lefko? And, yeah, Sims and Lefko podcast. I was listening to you guys every – like those are the two podcasts that I listen to. All the time. I wasn't listening to anything Barstool. I was just like, boom, I am a Bleacher Report, ride till I die kind of guy. So I was listening to these What podcasts. an era of podcasting. I, it was fantastic, but that's in the past. What up? So I do remember when the Jaguars season, when they went to the AFC Championship game, they had Calais Campbell on in the offseason before the season started. And Calais Campbell was talking about how the Patriots asked to do a joint practice with the Jaguars and Chris Sims goes, yeah, because Bill is fucking scared of you guys. You guys are going to be good. And Clay Campbell's like, oh, I don't know about you know just what team was he on? The Jaguars. Oh, yeah. And so Chris Sims straight up told him, he's like, you guys are going to be good. There's just one issue with your team that I think can hold you back, and I'm not going to say it, but we all know what it is. And Clay's Campbell kind of like laughs again. He's like, but the Patriots are fucking scared of you guys. Legitimately, that year, all the way into the AFC Championship game, who are they playing? The freaking Patriots. And it was one of those situations where I was like, I listened to him call this at the beginning of the season and thought, that's silly. Like, the freaking Jaguars, come on. Sure enough, there they go. It's like everything worked out for them. They beat the, uh, what was it, the Steelers the week before in a phenomenal game in the playoffs. And then, boom, the Patriots. And you're just one Blake Bortles, you know, perfect pass away from making it. 
bam, that's where Stephon Gilmore was born pretty much in the playoffs. It just broke that pass up. That was it. And ever since then, it was like, Chris Simpson knows what he's fucking talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah. It all, people always think that he's probably like super stuck up and arrogant. God, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. And obviously, for me, I'm a Texas fan. So I can remember being in New York actually for the draft. I, I went up with Matt when he was at Bleacher Report. And I'm just sitting there like outside of their studio watching the draft just pretty much by myself, just trying to empty out this keg of beer that they had in the office. <laughs> And I hear, like, somebody walking by me, literally no one else in the office. It's just, if you were there, it was to work the draft, and then me, who was just sitting in the other room watching. What's up? <laughs> and somebody walks by, and like, hey, man, what's up? And I turn, and I look, and it's Chris Sims. And I'm like, first thought was, why the fuck aren't you in there? Like, you should be in studio. But he was taking, like, a little bathroom break. And then he finishes going to the bathroom, comes back, talks to me for, like, five minutes. And the whole time I'm thinking... One, you're the nicest guy ever. And two, you should probably get back to your job <laughs> because they probably need you in there. So talk to you later. But it, it was cool. And I do like to see a lot of his draft content. I don't read a lot of draft content. I've been reading a lot more mock drafts this year, though, yeah. which I find enjoyable. They've been all over the place this year. Like That's another thing, too, yeah. too is that everyone's just like, man, we don't have any idea. We're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh-huh. And even, you know, pick number two, it's nobody knows what's going to happen with that. I've seen a lot of people say Malik Willis. I've seen a lot of people have, uh, who was it last week we were mocking a mock, and it was Sauce Gardner at two. It's been Trayvon Walker at two, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, nobody really knows, and I like that. I want that surprise, so don't tell me who pick number two is going to be if you know it. Yep. Wink, wink, I do want to know. I can't help it. <laughs> I read the end of the book first. I'm one of those guys. I'm I've actually... Happens. Every book I've ever read, I always go and read the last sentence because it the never tells sentence. you just the last sentence. It never tells you what happened, but you remember it throughout the entire book. And it, to me, it's like I have to try and figure out how it got to that, like to that last sentence. When I read the last sentence and it all makes sense, it's like that was pretty fucking good last sentence. Isn't it kind of confusing since every book you read ends with and they lived happily ever after? Sometimes. Or yeah. do you just look at the last picture? Is that <laughs> Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Why is the frog and girl kissing? That's what happened to the frog. It's called where is the beast? princess and the now frog. Why is she kissing prince? a man? This what the is hell? Weird. I turned all the way to page eight to find out this. <laughs> now I've got to go back to the beginning and find out how it we took got me here. a week to read this, and this is what I got. <laughs> right. Gosh. Gosh. Tough times. Tough times <laughs> reading. What was the last book you read? Uh, you know, as I was saying, like, oh, every time I read a book, I read the last sentence. I don't know the last time I fucking did that. Mm-hmm. that I wonder how many last Friday. sentences I've read and then didn't finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> You're only reading the last yeah. sentence. Like, ah, oh, this book sucks. <laughs> I like to read short stories. I can't get into the big, long I need novels. to do short stories. I've actually heard quite a bit of people say that lately. Like, you know, just having a nice little short story. Because I do kind of want to get into reading. But I just feel like <laughs> I know it sounds super silly. But I just feel like there's times where, like I'm on my phone all the time, and all now it's just time. it's just like well you know like work da 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 looking at stuff like this and it's just I kind of just want to be able to enjoy it without feeling like it is work. It makes me feel like a better person actually when I read. Yeah, I don't and I don't read often. I wouldn't even label myself as a reader. There's just like a part of you that like you're adulting without being like I feel so smart. Like I start using yes. bigger words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I know exactly what you're talking about. Like even now, like you just reach like a new level of like adult. Like I got fucking plants in my apartment right now. I got like a seven foot fig tree or whatever, and I am just excited wait. Is that a real statement? It. Real statement. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been in there in a minute, dude. I got some fucking greenery in that apartment. That's not a Christmas tree anymore. I finally took it down. Dude, this is freaking awesome. I come home and I like got my little water meter. Got to check my plants. It's like, yep, all right, need to put some water in this bad boy. Do you have any plants in there that would interest me? If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. It was Wednesday as not a holiday. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Are we gonna do a special? I don't have anything else to do. Hey, me either. <laughs> so we, you know Wednesday is my off day, dog. <laughs> TBD on Wednesday and what it will happen. We have to do a little special late night show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, watch watch the schedule. We'll, we'll let you guys know what's happening. Uh, another thing that happened over the weekend that a lot of people watched, and I don't know about you if you saw this one, Big Country, the USL, USFL was back. Yep. Allegedly, three million people watched it. Bullshit. Big time bullshit. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I, we get five million downloads an episode. Things <laughs> that aren't true. <laughs> right? I just can't imagine. And I'll tell you, I don't know who played. I don't know who won. I was not one of those alleged three million people. I even, like, while we were talking, I was like, oh, I'm going to go look up the scores. So I just go to ESPN where they have every score to every sporting event ever. I can't find it. I couldn't even find the USFL. US, I can't even fucking say it. USFL scores. Like, I don't know who played. I did see the clip this morning of this guy getting cut. I don't know if you watched that one, too. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw you tweet it and watched it. It's what just, nonsense. I will tell you what, though. The USFL is like, thank God we have some controversy. People are going to watch this. Yeah, that might be the only thing. That they watched. I'm on the official website, the USFLFL.com, and it's still hard to see. Okay, I found the scores. There were three games the New Orleans Breakers won, Houston Gamblers, and the Birmingham Stallions. Hey, the Birmingham Stallions, baby. That's my team right there. All three of those teams won. But I did see the clip of this dude who got cut, and it looks like, again, I tweeted for more context because hopefully there's something. This coach is talking about how he won't put up with any disrespect and things like that. And this player comes in, and they're talking about how the team meal was supposed to be like a chicken salad sandwich. And one of the coaches or somebody asked, like, is that going to be a problem? And he said, yes. I also am not a chicken salad sandwich guy. I'm not eating that bullshit. No thanks. I stand with the glue girl. And he ordered a pizza. <laughs> and they, like, said that was disrespectful and cut him. This is one of those stupid moves that you pull off if you're, like, a shitty high school coach. Yeah. Or maybe, like, a dumb college coach can pull this off. These are grown-ass men. These are our professional football players. If he doesn't want to eat a chicken salad sandwich, don't make him eat a chicken salad sandwich. Also, why are you feeding that to your players? It's fucking yeah. gross. <laughs> Let him order a pizza. It just it feels like one of those, low. like, army things. Like, this is my way or the highway. You won't eat the sandwich? Bye-bye. The thing that really bothered me was how the coach just, like, walks out, like, immediately after. It's like, all right, well, thank you. <laughs> it's like, like, you got other right. shit to do. He walked out before he got his ass kicked is what happened. <laughs> like, you're really going to cut me over this whole pizza situation? Bye. It really I'm just good. felt like that coach was like, I'm the coach. Like, it was a power move. It 100%. Mm -hmm. 
like I have the power to do this. I'm going to do an act however I want. You're cut. You're not going to be here. Yep. Line 46 states this specifically. <laughs> right. Fuck okay. off. Anything past 30 stupid. Yeah. I And who reads that stuff anyway? I'm signing it and just being like – yeah. Find out later how much Except trouble. Except the man. terms and da 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 da. I could probably sign something that's like, we're going to take all this shit from you just so you can have like a $699 subscription. I'd be like, bet. All right, cool. I don't know they're taking another $300 six months later because I don't read the freaking terms and conditions. <laughs> yeah. It's a scroll till I get that accept button blue, then I push it. I'll tell you what's going to happen is they're going to get me with these like, our website accepts all cookies. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, accept the cookies. Oh, why do you have to do that? I don't even know what it is. Like, why have I never had to do that before, but now I do? I and what either. cookies am I accepting? <laughs> Girl Scouts? Are the Girl I, Scouts I'm just here? waiting for a box of chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies to just come rolling <laughs> up on my doorstep. are they going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> I've accepted all the cookies. You I have my address. I God, if it is oatmeal raisin, I'm throwing fit. Those are not the ones I accepted. Right. Yeah. That'd actually be a great idea for a cookie website. To be like, hey, do you accept these cookies? But fuck it. Yeah, I do. Cool, thanks for accepting these cookies. You get one free one in your box of your order. Uh-huh. Son of a bitch. And that's talking cookies with Mellow and Big Country. If you had to name a cookie store, like if you create a cookie store, what would you call it? I feel like they come up with these weird names, like Insomnia Cookies. Never thought of it. They're open 24-7. You can't sleep, you're hungry. Go get yourself a glass of milk and a cookie. Oh, like like a Hertz Donut? Yeah. Type thing? What would yeah. I name my cookie? Yeah. Probably just your like cookie, Great American like your cookie. cookie Store. The Is that one taken? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. You put me on the spot. It's not like you threw it in the rundown. Or you're like, usually hey, pretty good at this. Okay, wrong answer only. Take 12 shop. minutes and think about what you would name a cookie store. Um, it, would, it would be something you're with so dough. You're so fast at this stuff. I'd put, a, I'd put something in there with dough. Cookie dough. Yeah. I don't know. It's not coming to me today, though. It's not. Sorry. Name a cookie store, wrong answers only. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Uh, hey, we don't sell cookies here. <laughs> there you see. <laughs> You're so quick. It just right, got to totally. be the way I phrased the question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's a VCR or weather covers. Son of a <laughs> bitch. Weather that's tech. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, how about we get to some things we do know about, and that's Club 6 and 9. I think I'm – it's been a minute. I think I'll be in there tonight. And I'll tell you, I'm going to try to eat all the Chad nachos in one sitting. Hey. That's a mistake. I will be paying for that one. Tomorrow. Maybe on Wednesday I do that, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, but you should check out Club 609. Great happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. And they do have some phenomenal appetizers to go along with it. Absolutely. And while you're getting those Chad Notch or something to eat, you probably need your vehicle looked at. So make sure to drop it off at Downtown Lube right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com for that full list of services. Also, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your oil changed or your tire service. Make sure you get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at downtownlube.com. My chat feature today, if you realize I haven't been in there very much, it's like only updating every once in a while, so we haven't got to the chat yet. The cookie yeah. jar, though, is a good one. Ooh. Look at, man, Jake the Snake. Look at this guy. He just, he's good with these mm. names. Yeah. The Cookie Monster. I think that right there could be a, a name for a cookie shop. But I will tell you one thing I'll never do. Here's a peek behind the curtain. I will never open a cookie shop. I hate cookies. I, I, I don't eat cookies. Here's another thing that always blows people mo- people's mind. I don't like Oreos. 
A lot of people are like, how can you not like Oreos? I don't. I don't eat them. I don't like Oreos. This is going to sound really silly. You might not be understanding. I don't like Oreos until I eat one. Yep, that is very hard to understand. But here's the, because like when <laughs> I eat, it's like I have to tell myself that that I don't like Oreos because then I'll eat one and I'll be like, oh my god, that fucking slaps, and then I'll literally eat ten of them. So then I have to just like tell like these are nasty, these are nasty, these are nasty, and then I don't want to eat them because I'll look at an Oreo and be like, man, that just doesn't look very good. Like I don't want to do like even in a grocery store, it's like, man, I don't want this big vibrant blue package of cookies in here. I'm already a bigger guy. I don't want someone to see me walk by and like, oh, look at this fat ass with a package of Oreos. So it's just like, ah, oh, Oreos are nasty. I'm not even walking down the cookie aisle. F them cookies. When I see them at a party, it's also just like, man, I can't go here and just have a line of Oreos. I'll just be like, nah, I'm not a fan of Oreos. Hey, that, that's not crushed up Oreos in that counter, bud. Stop, stop doing that. That's, don't let them lie to you. Uh, Oreos at a party, though. That is that a thing? Like if you go to like a Super Bowl party or like, okay. you know, it was like in high school and now you go to like these FCA events and they'd always yeah. be like, you know, here's your Oreos and milk. And I'd be like, oh, I can't eat too many of these. One things. time as a teacher, we did a, a little event over moon phases. And I'm sure a lot of people have done it before. You get like the Oreos and you scrape off some of the cream filling or whatever. And you do the different moon phases. I wanted to do that as a first year teacher. Uh-huh. I miscalculated how many Oreos I needed. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but I got like double, like put it out to the, the parents be like, hey, want to do this activity, everybody donate like a package of Oreos or whatever. And they did, like they balled out. I remember going to other teachers and being like, how many should I request? And they're like, request double of what you need because you probably won't get enough. And I was like, bet, I guess <laughs> you've been doing this for 20 years. I'm going to listen to you. Oh, everyone donated. Everyone was like, "Yep, we're doing it." So not like only did teacher, I, absolutely, yeah, not did I, only did I get double. I got like more than what I requested, which was twice too many. And so I just had a shitload of Oreos. To we would get to the point where I'm just like, "Hey, does anybody want an Oreo? Like, do you guys want some cookies?" And that students who are like 10, 11 years old would be like. No, <laughs> no one wants Oreos anymore. Quit trying to give us Oreos. I had to give them to like other classrooms. Be like, hey, I have Oreos. Nobody wants them anymore. Shitload of Oreos. Wow. Go to do the the same activity the next year, and I'm like, I'm only requesting the amount of Oreos I need. I got half. <laughs> oh, I had yeah. to pay for the rest. <laughs> it's like jokes on you. You're getting year old Oreos, so we can do this activity now. Not really. But uh, I would have students be like, oh, you're going to eat all those Oreos? And I'm like, fuck you, kid. I don't even like Oreos. <laughs> but I don't. I can't stand them. Most cookies I don't like. Um, I don't like even like uh, chocolate chip cookies. Man, I'm uh, like Casey's chocolate chip cookies. I've been getting those since I was younger because like going to church on Sundays, they always have donuts. I'd be like, man, if you guys could just throw a couple cookies in there, this would be great. Because I think donuts are too doughy. It's like I, I'm just – once I get past the frosting, it's just – Dale Dell. Like, it's just like, this fucking stinks. <laughs> so it's just like, you throw some well, that's cookies in wrong. there. You throw some cookies in there, I'm ready to go. So are you cookies over donuts? Big time. <sighs> the, hey, let me rephrase it. Depends on the donut. You give me a Krispy Kreme dozen, pff, they're gone by the time we leave the parking lot, bub. Yeah, we used to do like fundraisers with Krispy Kreme when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what the deal t- details were. I remember we used to steal a lot of Krispy Kreme donuts. We don't have a Krispy Kreme within 
100 miles of where we live. That's it. You'd think Joplin, Missouri, huge metropolis, probably have a couple. We do not. Closest one I can think of is Springfield, Missouri. It's over an hour away. Yeah. But we and I'm not about to drive things. an hour for some Krispy Kreme donuts. They're good. but They are pretty good. And if you, when you I was in college fresh, there, it would be like, hey, let's just drive down, you know, uh, Glenstone and see if maybe – or Campbell, that's what it was. Like, let's just drive down Campbell and see if Krispy Kreme's open with the uh, fresh bait. Because if they're making them, they have the sign on, and you can just stop in and get a free donut. So we'd be like, hell, yeah, we'd all load into, like, my truck or car and be like, going to Krispy Kreme. And if not, then you'd go to Bears Cross Street and have a burger and some beers. That was a good place. Yeah. And a good story. <laughs> College with big country. <laughs> All right. I uh, win. I'm educated, boys. Let's get to some of these matchmaker Mondays that we have today. Uh, my first one is the Carolina Panthers and a plan at quarterback because they do not have one. Uh, you are a week and a half away from the NFL draft, and <laughs> I, I'm still not convinced that they have a plan or that they know what they're doing even if, like, the stuff with Baker Mayfield, oh, you're rumored to Carolina. I can remember, like, four weeks ago, the Panthers were like, nope, we're good. Or even Robbie Anderson now being like, no, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He it's doesn't like, want him. <laughs> the Panthers probably were interested in him. It was just like, well, if our receivers are saying no, we better not. Yeah, all we have is Sam Darnold, and they still don't want Baker Mayfield. Matt Rule's just like, son of a bitch, I don't know what I'm going to do. Get this fired. Is That's hard. what he's gonna do. He's going to get fired from the Panthers. But I don't. I just don't know what they're doing. And maybe in two weeks we look back and we're like, okay, they had a plan. They knew what they were doing all along. But as of right now, it really feels like they don't know what the fuck's going on. So yeah. my matchmaker Monday, the Carolina Panthers, and just a plan at quarterback. Are you looking at next year? Cool. But you just have to have a plan going into this, and it doesn't feel like they do. It doesn't feel like they know what they're doing. Yeah, and that's probably not I... rules fault. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. We'll, we'll see. Like you said, we could, it could be a month from now. We'll be like, okay, actually, they did have a plan. They just kind of were messing with us, putting out false rumors, whether we believe it or not. Here we go. This is a quarterback of the future. Or it could be like, all right, awesome. They took another defensive player here with the top 10 pick. Still don't understand why you did this. For me, though, my first matchmaker Monday is going to be the NBA in the playoffs. This is when basketball becomes fun for me to watch. This is when I love watching the NBA. In this weekend, it felt like we only had one good game. And it was that Ned mm-hmm. Celtics game we talked at the beginning of the show. And everything else was pretty much a blowout. Some people might look at this Utah-Dallas game and be like, well, you know, that was decently close. And whatever. Like the Heat won in a blowout. I know you went over all these earlier. Like Minnesota won in a huge blowout. Uh, Golden State won. Philadelphia won. But the one thing with it, though, here in the playoffs and these blowouts, is there were guys that stepped up and made plays and were like the leading scores for the team that you didn't necessarily expect, and that's what I thought was awesome. Because I don't feel like I heard about any of them through the regular season except for the pool kid from Golden State. That was it. And it's like, boom, here we go. Look at these guys take off. Yeah, and the playoffs are good about that. Even, you know, obviously guys like John Morant, even like Devin Booker a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you might be a superstar, but you have to show us in the playoffs first. Yep. They no regular season awards here. You have to do it in the playoffs, and then you kind of get anointed like, okay, you're a superstar. I still think even guys like Luca, who was really good in the playoffs last year, you like you almost have to take your team on a run. It's kind of like March Madness, where you have to find success as a team in the playoffs while also going off on your own in uh-huh. the playoffs, and then you become anointed like a superstar. 
Yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm excited about the NBA playoffs too. I didn't watch many this weekend. Like I had them on, but I wasn't paying like super close yeah. attention to them. But as we get further into the playoffs and into some of these series, you'll definitely see more of it. Uh, my next matchmaker Monday is golfers being able to hit the ball however they want to. Because I saw the like ESPN top 10 play. Uh, this golfer hits the ball into a tree, and then the it gets stuck in the tree, but he's still like, yep, it's right here. I can hit it. I'm sure a lot of people hopefully have seen this video because I'm doing a terrible job of describing what's <laughs> happening. But this golfer hits the ball into a tree. It's stuck in the tree, but he's still like, yep, I'm going to fucking hit that ball. And so he gets behind it, taps it onto – well, he hits it. Hits it onto the green and then taps in for par. It's like, that's a cool fucking play. Yeah. But apparently that's against the rules. And he it was issued a, a two-stroke penalty, and you have to be, like, next to the ball. You can't be behind it. It's, just, it's stupid. Was he directly behind it? Uh-huh. Why does that matter? Exactly. Exactly. Who's that's standing directly form? behind the ball and hitting it anyways, like that with any other clubs? Why make that a rule? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those things about golf that they've got some rules where it's like, okay, I didn't even know that one. Like for a professional golfer mm-hmm. to be like, I didn't know that rule. That tells me you have too many rules. <laughs> and that, no, like his caddy wasn't like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think you can do that. No one stopped him. Nobody watching even was like, hey, bud, uh, you got to stand next to the ball, not behind it. No one. No one had an issue with it until it was over. And now we all know that you can't do it. But if you hit a ball that is in a, a tree, I don't care where you're standing. That was a good <laughs> hit. And it should be allowed. So he hit it, like, with it being stuck in the tree. I think some people hear that and, like, don't realize it. it's just hanging in a, a mess of stuff. Yeah, you did a good job ground. clearing that up. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to call it – I almost said moss, but that's clearly not what it is. I would say it's probably just, like, a mess of stuff. If I were going to put it into a category of what it is. Also, just how absurd to even be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this. That's something I would do. Yeah, but I not successfully. No, no, not at all. I would also just be like, there's a ball hanging above my head. I'm hitting it as hard as I can. I'm <laughs> baseball swinging at this thing. Brooks in the group chat. It's rule uh, number 46 in the handbook rules. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you've been cut. Uh, Coach just, just walks out of the room. Do not Two pass. penalty. See you later. Thank you. <laughs> and then runs out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fires out He's of a three-point stance. Gets out of there. So that's mine. I don't know. I like to golf. Sometimes golf gets in its own way. Like this. Like eliminate this rule. If this were the NFL, you would go to the comp- competition committee after the season, and everybody would be like, fuck that rule, it's stupid. Golf needs to do the same thing. Yeah. And if your ball is stuck in a tree, but you can still play it, there should be no rule. <laughs> Avoid it this time. Do it. <laughs> yeah. hey, everyone's looking at golf like, we're cool with this. Like, Let if it. the rule were like, no, just directly place a ball underneath where it is, that should actually be the rule. But he's like, not play it where it lies. I'm going to hit it off of Frankenstein's foot. He hits it out of the tree. That should be fine. Um, so that's my second one for the weekend. I will also say this Dylan kid. You know how to say his last name? What Dylan kid? The player that this happened to. The golfer. Oh. He might not be a kid at all. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the Man, chat. I, I'm like, I are you going to be so much better at like just saying chat. stuff? Dylan hey, Fratelli? 
Yes. Never heard of this kid up until this moment. He's got to be loving it. There's got to be some sponsors yeah. out there. They're like, yeah, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's get the old tree whacker kid in here. <laughs> yeah, golf baller whacker guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be him. I don't know. Can't stand behind the ball when you hit it, I guess. That's news to me. Uh, I think it's news to a lot of people, including Dylan Fratelli. Yeah. We didn't know you couldn't do that. Um, any more matchmaker Mondays for you, big country? Uh, yeah, my last major, uh, excuse me, my last matchmaker Monday is going to be the Kansas City Royals and the Young Pitching. This is something I'm excited to keep an eye on throughout the year. Um, we got to see Brad Keller pitch on Friday. Uh, I didn't think he did a bad job. Like it was a close game all the way through. It was a fun one. What here? You got something in the group chat? When you talk, I like to read the chat. That's like when that's when I get caught yeah. up. If I'm not looking up like some stats and stuff like that. As I said, my chat's being a little weird today. Um, but as always, Brooks Quinn just going off. He quotes, "I have to be much better at saying stuff." <laughs> Big country. <laughs> oh man. I hope you guys like it, but <laughs> it's just, it's one of those deals it's where your I stick. <laughs> what was it that I said last week? Niche. <laughs> yeah. You said it weird, even weirder niche. It's not niche. What's, what's the correct way to say it? I don't think I'm going to tell you. Well, it's never going to come out right then. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I was curious to hear more about your young pitching for the Royals though. Yeah, I just I'm excited for it. It seems like we talked about it uh, last week, you know, doing the radio show here locally in Joplin. Um, it just it's going to take a little bit of time for these guys to get comfortable. But like even watching Bubich or Bubich, excuse me, on Sunday, it's kind of one of these situations where you start looking at their stats and paying attention. It's like okay, there's not as many hits. Like yeah, you might be walking some guys, but that's fine. And then kind of when you get to the the end of the games here in the, the higher innings, it's like all right, some of these closers are good. Like this Dylan Coleman kid, he's only coming in for, you know, two outs or an inning or an inning and an out. And the re- like, relief pitchers have looked good. The bullpen yeah. has not been bad. It's like when the Royals were good, though, they had that three-headed monster of pitchers that would come in at the end of games and take care of it. And I was like, hey, maybe the Royals are at least getting that part figured out. That's something to fear. Then you get your starters ready to go and figured out and more consistent and comfortable in the game. Your hitting hasn't been awful, but it's been fine. I'm just I'm excited for the Royals this year. It's been a lot of fun to kind of dive in and pay attention. And I know we're only five, six games into the year, but this is something that I'm also just saying here. So I'm also held accountable to keep paying attention to the Royals throughout the season because I definitely want to go to a lot of games. I had a ton of fun on Friday. Was there was there anything specifically that made it fun, or I just got to go with my friends? You know, You're, just yeah. hang out, yeah, okay. drink some beers, be back in MLB Stadium. I just didn't know so. You know, if we could just duplicate it the next time, yeah, make it equally as fun for you. Just same thing we did this time. Getting the tailgate, you made hot dogs before we had some beers. No, Matt no, no. Matt came in a little brats. late, coming in hot, but he sure did. Big difference. Brats versus hot dogs. Oh, excuse me, brats. One yes. is very good. One cost a dollar, and they sell it in a package of six. One are Johnsonville better cheddar brats. That's the best brat that there is. Yeah. Everybody knows that one, though. My senior year of college, we used to play intramural football, and me and my roommate like played on the same team. And uh, we would go before our games and be like, all right, we need to eat dinner before we go. And we made those brats on the grill, like outside at the apartment complex. <sighs> do not eat those Johnsonville Why? cheddar brats. Why would you do that? Before going to play an intramural football game. God. And it was tough. 
When I was in high school, we got a new coach. And he wanted to do this thing called Midnight Madness. So, like, you see it with uh, college basketball teams. Mm-hmm. As soon as, like, the first day they can practice, they do a thing at midnight. And college, I think they do it in college football a little bit, too. He wanted to do that. So on the first day that we could practice, our first practice was scheduled for 12.01 at midnight. So we have this, like, it was like a family thing, like a family cookout. Everybody goes to the school. They're feeding us, like, all these hot dogs, and they have, like, watermelon all the soda and like the coaches keep saying like, Hey, eat up boys. Like we got plenty of food, like get some more hot dogs, eat some more watermelon and things like this to the point that it got like, man, like I, we're not eating more of this. It's like me and the Oreos. Like we're not eating more Oreos. This is stupid, like incredibly full. And then we realized why, because at tw- like 11 o'clock, 1130, whatever, we start getting padded up and we're ready to practice and things like that. And you notice there are no footballs on the field. Like I played quarterback, and I'm like, hey, I want to get some warm-up throws in. There are no footballs on the field. And the coach is like, don't need a football today. I'm like, hey, I just want to like warm up. And all they would say is, don't need a football today. But what they did have set up all over the field were trash cans. Me, being a dumbass that I am, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to get to throw some footballs into trash cans today. No, they fed us all the hot dogs and watermelon they could and then ran our asses for an hour, hour and a half. And they kept saying, I don't even know if this is illegal. I might be outing people. They kept saying, like, practice isn't over until everyone pukes. And at first, I'm like, they're just saying that. And then I started to believe it about 45 minutes in. And I'm like, I've got to throw up. Like, I have to, I have to throw up this hot dog before I can finish practice. So then we all start trying to throw. Like, we're actively like, if that's the deal, I'm throwing up. So, like, fingers down the throat. <laughs> Couldn't run anymore. I mean, it's the most brutal practice I've ever been at. And I think everybody did throw up that day. But just the fact that those fuckers fed us all these hot dogs and watermelon. And we're like, okay, now we're just going to run for an hour and a half. It was terrible. It's like, hey, mommy and daddy are gone now. Now your ass is going to run. Terrible. Hot that's dog- assault, brother. Damn. <laughs> right? Like, Take it easy. That's abuse. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, was, it was the worst. Worst practice I've ever been a part of. At looking back at it now, it's like funny, like, oh, ha ha, you got us. But now, like, as I get older, it's like, wait a second. That was really unnecessary. Like, if you're, just, if you're gonna run us the whole time, run us the whole time. Yeah. But to specifically feed us, like, hot dogs and try to make us throw up, that felt like a little too much. I mean, does the coach just over here just like, yeah, I'm making all these boys throw up tonight? Like, that's just messed <laughs> up, right. dude. Yeah. And for the whole coaching staff to be in on it, it was weird. We did not win a lot of games. How about that? I know that's probably very surprising, uh, but we did not. But I, it's still like <laughs> hot dogs before you do anything to me is still questionable. Like even hot dogs before like swimming. No. Yeah, you have to wait 20 minutes after you eat before you can go swim. <laughs> right? Because the food, I, I don't know what the 20 minutes does, but it's just like, hey, you're not as full. Your body's not as heavy. You got to wait. Because apparently, I guess you if you eat and they go jump in a pool, you're just going to drown. I, I think that's I've, what my mom and grandparents thought. Like, no, 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 no. Has it been 20 minutes? They I would think set a freaking timer for I the last cousin false, to get done. I have no idea. That was their rule. I, I think I, I was just like whatever. I dude. saw recently that they've proven that that's total bullshit, and that you don't. There's no reason to wait. Look at me. I've been questioning that my whole life. I was like, that makes zero. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I learned in class it takes three hours for food to digest from the moment you eat it to where it comes out the other end. And you're telling me I wait 20 minutes and I don't weigh as much and I can go swim? Uh-huh. 
Shut up, Grandma. You know what else is kind of questionable? Just back to my teaching world. Like every year my students would go to lunch and then go to recess. And my daughters are the same way now. They go and they eat lunch. And you have to eat lunch super fast because, as we all yes. know, you only get 20 minutes. And then immediately following that, it's like, okay, go run for 30 minutes. What, why are we still doing that? That's one of those things that's like, oh, we just do it because that's what we've always done. Yeah. 20 minutes to eat a meal? That's not even healthy. You should take your time and eat. You should give these kids 30 minutes. Or maybe how about, you know, recess first, then lunch. Well, then they're all sweaty and hot and smelly in the lunch. That's the worst smell I've ever smelled. What? A group of kids about to go through or going through puberty coming back in from a hot recess. The worst smell in the world. Anybody who's ever been around kids knows it. Now imagine that times like 25 per classroom. Yikes. It makes me want to throw up. I'm going to throw up if we don't end this episode. Talking about hot dogs and sweaty <laughs> preteens. Two of the worst things that I've ever experienced. All right, that is it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us in the chat. Big Country and I will be back tomorrow right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. talking football, NFL draft, NBA playoffs going on, and also tomorrow's Tell the Truth Tuesday. Yes, sir. I always try to remember to remind people they can offer up their Tell the Truth Tuesdays. I would love to read some of yours, and you can keep that anonymous. We won't say your name, but I would like to hear some listener Tell the Truth Tuesdays as Big Country and I will share ours tomorrow again right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. Central Time. We will talk to you guys then.